reaching Israel and the world and the world. Shalom uvracha, beloved ones. That's Hebrew for peace and blessings to you today. Welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Honey, Cynthia Marjorie, my love, we're going to be talking today about the light of thinking supernaturally. Mm. Now, when you hear that phrase, what clicks? Ah, oh, I get excited. It, it takes me out of this realm where there's all kinds of problems into, wow, there's something else. There's Amen. hope. There's there's a, a, a God that's reigning over all of this. It's all being transformed in, into something glorious. That's what pops in me. Amen, amen. You know, the thing that so impressed me, by impressed, I don't mean like, but I mean like deep in my heart made an impact, is focusing on the fact that God is good. Part of thinking supernaturally is knowing and believing that God, that Hashem, that Father God is good yeah. even though we're seeing a lot of negative things happening around us. Right. We have to know that God is good. Thinking supernaturally knows that there's something bigger than what's going on. Right. And that God has a purpose for everything in relationship to his people. Right. Uh, today, the Holy Spirit was giving me revelation that our world is like sinking sand. And I think so many of us feel that. It's under our, our feet, it's sinking. But he said to look up because that's to propel us onto the rock of Jesus that's solid, that's supernatural, that's good. I want to talk with you today about the light of thinking supernaturally. Let me say it again. The light of thinking supernaturally. Father God, we just pray today for a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. And Father, we ask you to continue to transform our minds by the power of your Ruach HaKodesh, your Holy Spirit within us, that we would think like your son, that we would think like Yeshua, that we would think like Jesus. Oftentimes when we think about the supernatural, we have ideas that coincide more with what I would describe as the spectacular. We think of people being healed of sicknesses, the lame walking, the blind sing, etc. And I love to see miracles. In fact, everywhere that Jesus went, he did miracles. He healed the sick, he raised the dead, the lame walk, the blind saw, the deaf heard, healed every kind of sickness and disease. But I want to talk with you today about another element of the supernatural. I'm not talking now about the spectacular, I'm talking about the private and the internal. You see, once again, those that come from a charismatic or Pentecostal tradition, when we think of the supernatural, oftentimes we think of the visible demonstration of the power of God, the glory of God revealed in power in such a way that we can see His glory or experience His glory with our senses. But there's an element that's even more profound. You see, Jesus said, to the Jewish people of his day that had seen the spectacular miracles, he said to them, you believe because you see, but blessed are those that believe without seeing. What was he saying? Was he saying that it was bad to see the miracles and believe because of them? Absolutely not. He did the miracles so that people would believe. 
He demonstrated the power of God so that people would put their faith in Him. He raised the dead. He raised Lazarus so people would believe. But there's something Yeshua said, there's something He pointed to for us that's beyond that. And that is experiencing the supernatural glory of God dwelling inside us in such a way that other people may not always be able to see it. You see, there is a truth that we must enter into if we're going to know God as the one that inhabits us and not just visits us. And that's to know the mystery that Paul spoke of, which he described as Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'm pushing today for you and I to contend for a revelation of the mystery of the indwelling Christ, the indwelling Holy Spirit. You see, you could be experiencing the glory of God internally in such a profound way, and yet people that are standing right next to you may not even know that you're experiencing Him. Why? Because you're having an inward experience. You see, the thing that separates you and I from those that are around us is what's going on in our heart and in our mind. And this is the area that we must press into. Jesus wants to weed us off of always needing Him to do an outward miracle for us. Because outward miracles, beloved ones, produce faith, but the type of faith that they produce oftentimes lasts just for a little while. I think about my own spiritual life. I was saved supernaturally, as most of you know, when the Lord appeared to me in a vision of the night in 1978. As a Jewish person, knowing nothing about Jesus, Jesus appeared to me in a spectacular way in my bedroom and brought me to faith. So I'm all for miracles. And during those early years, I experienced several encounters with God that are just beyond any words. I mean, just absolutely powerful, supernatural encounters. What happened to me was I spent my, my, those years, those early years, seeking for more of these types of experiences. I knew they were real. I knew they could be experienced. I knew I could experience God in my reality. But the, the, the challenge was that that became the passion of my life, looking to experience more miracles. And I remember getting to a place where I was frustrated and I asked myself, why am I not seeing more people healed? Why am I not seeing more miracles? And I remember on my first trip to Israel, I was with a group of leaders and there was this old Messianic Jewish woman there. She must have been in her early 70s. She was walking with a cane and a walker. And one day I sat down with her at dinner time and I started sharing with her my frustration. Why are we not seeing more miracles? Look at all the miracles in the New Testament. Why are we not seeing more? And this is what she said to me. She said, how many miracles did the children of Israel experience in the desert wilderness during those 40 years when the Lord led them out of Egypt towards the Promised Land? Every day they saw the pillar of fire over the tabernacle by night and a glory cloud by day. Every day they saw supernatural manna on the ground six days a week for 40 years and the quail coming. They saw the water coming out of the rock they saw the Lord part the Red Sea. They saw so many miracles. And yet what happened? Other than Joshua and Caleb, they died in the wilderness because of their lack of faith. The point that she was making is, is that miracles cannot sustain our faith. 
They give us a shot in the arm, but they don't sustain us forever. That's why we need to go from relying on external miracles to instead finding the light of God's supernatural indwelling Holy Spirit. And this is why Jesus said, you believe because you see. Blessed are those that believe without seeing. And so I am calling us today to focus more on the indwelling person of Jesus, to dwell more within than looking for him on the outside. The kingdom of God, Jesus said, is not here or there. The kingdom of God is within you. If we're going to experience the kingdom of the Lord within us, if we're going to become more sensitive to the indwelling Holy Spirit, our mind is going to have to change, our thoughts are going to have to change, and our focus is going to have to change. Now, to prepare you for this mind shift, to prepare you for a new mind alignment, to prepare you for a new mindset, I want to set the stage a little bit for what many of us have been experiencing. Regardless of when you're watching this show, things on earth have gotten significantly more difficult. So many things have changed even over the last few years. The earth has gotten darker. Resistance to the Spirit of the Lord has gotten greater. People have become more isolated and oppressed due to different illnesses. At the time of this filming, we not too long ago came out of the COVID pandemic. People are facing life now in a different posture. They're more pulled back. They're more isolated, more people working from home, less people actually talking face to face. Instead, they're focusing on connecting with technology. And so the world has gotten to be a darker place. It's interesting. I recently saw an interview from someone that knew one of the computer giants of the world who has since passed away. But I don't want to name the name. Everyone would know who he is if I named his name. But he was the pioneer and the forerunner for really making personal computers mainstream and accessible to everybody. And a woman that knew him as he was uh, growing up as a teenager and as a college student, she said about him, you know what? He never really knew how to relate with people in person. The way that he related to people was through technology. The technology replaced actual relationship. And that is what is happening today to almost everybody in the planet. We're finding ourselves as believers having to resist being drawn into technology having a relationship with technology, whether it be our, our smartphone, whether it be our personal computer. You know, people have all these relationships that they can type on a computer screen, but yet when you get to actually stand before them face to face, they're like a different person, like you can't even believe this is the same person that you've been texting or the same person that you've been communicating with online because people no longer are uh, adept, they don't know how any longer to develop real relationship. The world is moving into a darker and darker place. And I say all this, beloved, whether it's the, the, uh, the isolation, whether it's the, the, the culture cancel, whether it's the technology, I say all this to say the world is becoming a darker place. And if you and I are going to remain joyful in the planet, 
It's going to require an increase in our ability to think by supernatural light, by the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We read in the book of Acts that in the Bible, when demons came out, they came out with a loud shout and with a shriek. Demons have gained entrance and have a stronghold here no matter where we go in Africa. It happens. But you know what? Without fail, God always delivers the people. And the name of Jesus is the name above all names. And Jesus said, in my name, you shall cast out demons. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. So whenever his name is lifted up and his kingdom's declared, the demons have to flee when you stand in him. Holy Spirit, rise up and cleanse this soul completely. Cleanse this daughter completely. Come on. I want to, I want to interview have you completely uh, surrendered to Jesus? Would you like to do that now or have you already done that? She'd like to do that now. Okay, let's have her just pray with me to Jesus. Father God, thank you that you love me. And thank you tonight for choosing me to demonstrate your power in. I give you my life tonight. And I ask you to save me completely, Jesus, for you and Father God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Honey. Beloved, thank you for taking time to watch the broadcast today. I truly am honored. I want to ask you, if you're being blessed by this ministry, to consider becoming a monthly partner with me if you're not already. Beloved, I know you want to see two things happening. You want to personally be blessed, and secondly, you want to know that this ministry is helping other people around the globe. All I can tell you is we receive thousands of testimonies every month from all over the world of people that are getting saved and whose lives are being changed. So once again, will you prayerfully consider today becoming a monthly partner with us if you're not already? Thank you. So the question becomes, how can we think supernaturally? How can we think by the light of God's Spirit when we're living in such dark times? Jesus said in the book of Revelation to one of the churches, I know where you live, where Satan's throne is. In other words, Yeshua is saying, you live on the earth where it's very difficult because Satan is there. So how do you and I live above the darkness and the demonic influence that we're facing? We do it, beloved, listen, through taking a hold of divine revelation. Jesus said, I'm reading from the uh, Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 27. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son determines to reveal him. So Jesus is saying, we're cut off from God. We're cut off from light unless Yeshua reveals himself and reveals the Father to us. It's all based on revelation. Everything starts with revelation. Listen what happened with Peter. Matthew chapter 16, verse 17. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, 
Simon Bar-Jonah. This is another name for Peter. Because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you, Peter, that upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades or hell will not overpower it. What is the rock that Yeshua is talking about building the church on? It's Revelation. Yeshua just got done saying, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven and upon this rock, the rock of the Father giving revelation, Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. This is why Jesus said, no one comes to me unless it's been granted by the Father. No one comes to me unless the Father draws them. And so if we're going to think supernaturally, if we're going to live above the surface darkness that surrounds us, we're going to need the light of supernatural revelation that comes to Yeshua. So we need to be in that posture of humility and dependency and clinging to the Lord, recognizing that unless He illuminates our darkness, we're not going to be able to see. This is why the psalmist said, in thy light, I see light. So I want to put you in a posture that we should be like Moses, who said to the Lord, unless you go with me, I'm not going to go. We need to wake up every single day recognizing our dependence on Hashem, our dependence on God for supernatural light and revelation. That being said, I want to continue on. This is so important. I want you to take a hold. I want you to take a hold of what I'm about to say to you. It sounds like the most simple statement on the earth. But you know what? You and I need to take a hold of it. And that is this. Despite all the things that are happening in the world, despite all the tragedy, despite all the suffering, despite all the evil and the violence, despite it all, you and I need to believe and know that God is good. We know there are tremendous things that happen to people on the earth. I mean, I just want to state the obvious right now. Forgive me for being crude, but I need to make it real to you. Terrible things happen in the world. You look at other parts of the earth, little children starving to death, people that have been raped, people that have been abused by parents. Tremendous suffering takes place on the earth. Young children getting killed in car accidents. Things happen in the world. Danger is all around us. And it's easy when we're facing such danger and when things on the planet are getting worse, just as Jesus said they would in Luke 21 and Matthew 24, despite all the darkness and the intensification of it, we need to know that over it all, God is good. Because if you and I don't know that God is good, number one, and secondly, that He's sovereign, we are not going to be able to face life with confidence, courage, and joy. So let me say it again. For you and I to think supernaturally, we need to believe that God is both good and sovereign. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. We need to believe that the Lord is reigning over our lives. We need to believe that those of us that are His elect, we are marked by the blood of the Lamb. We belong to Jesus. We are in Him. We need to believe that there is a banner of the love of God over our lives and that we have a special protection that those that are outside of Yeshua do not have. Now, let me state it another way. 
If you look in the Hebrew Bible and look at the way that the Lord treated Israel, you can see that He treated Israel different than the other nations. God said to Israel, I want you to drive out the nations before you, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Jezebites. I want you to wipe them out. I want you to destroy them completely, the men, women, and children. That's what the Bible says, beloved children of God. So we can see from that that the Lord's favor was on Israel in a way that it wasn't on the other nations that He was commanding them to destroy. In the same way, the favor of God is on your life in a way that it is not on those that are outside of Him. We need to believe that. When we look around and we see all the danger, if we're going to have peace of heart, we need to know that God's love is reigning sovereignly over our life and nothing is going to get in unless He allows it in. And if He doesn't allow it in, it's for a good purpose. We need to believe that. You see, Job was attacked by the devil, but in order for the devil to touch Job, he had to get permission from the Father. And so those of us that are in Messiah, the devil cannot touch us without the Father letting him, and be assured, if the Father lets Satan touch you, it's for a good purpose. After Job came through his ordeal, after he was permitted to be touched by the devil, he came out of that fiery trial, and he said this to the Lord. He said, before this trial, I heard of you, but now after having come through this time and coming out the other end of it, Job said to the Father, now I know you for myself. So the point is, Job went through tremendous suffering, but in the end, it all produced in Job's life something that he didn't possess and couldn't have possessed without going through the trial. This is why James told us to count it all joy, brethren, when you go through fiery trials. And then he lists all the things that going through the fiery trials would do for us. And he said that going through these trials is for the purpose, listen now, of making us complete that we would lack nothing. I want to speak a word of courage and confidence over your life right now. We need to face the future with a supernatural joy, a supernatural confidence, and a supernatural courage, knowing that every wave that comes at us, we are going to ascend, we're going to get mastery over it, and everything that we face and overcome is going to be used of the Father so that He can reveal Himself to us in a way that, that we would not have had revelation on had we not gone through the challenge. Listen, the world is tough, but God is good. He's got a good purpose for our lives, and He wants us to face every day with a confidence and a courage, knowing that we're going to ascend the day, that He's marking us as we go through these trials, clinging to Him, that we're getting empowered and grounded, and as a result of this, we're getting strong. And the strength that He's creating in us, beloved, is going to produce breakthrough. Now, I want you to make sure, beloved, to keep tuning into these broadcasts because I've got some other very heavy things to share with you. The light of thinking supernaturally involves the renewing of our mind. We have to think different than the mindset of the world. See, the world would have us believe, the culture of the age would have us think, that when we give something, we end up losing something in the process. But the mind of the kingdom states differently. The mindset of the kingdom of God is that it's in giving 
that we received. I want to encourage you to stretch yourself as the Holy Spirit is leading you. And this applies even to our finances as it relates to sowing into the kingdom. Jesus taught that when we give towards the kingdom, it comes back to us pressed down good measure and running over into our lap. Elijah told the widow to take the little bit of flour and oil that she had and serve it up as an offering to the Lord in feeding him first. When she did that, her resources were multiplied, as were the five loaves and the two fish. We all know the story. If this ministry is blessing you, beloved, I encourage you to give unto the Lord through it. Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Or to give by credit card, visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To show our appreciation, we will send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have honored God with our finances while living, but have we considered how we can honor the Lord with our finances when we pass on? For more information, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord gave instructions to Moses and Aaron to speak this blessing over his people. And the Lord said, when you speak these words over my people, I will place my name on them and bless them. Receive the impartation of the Lord's blessings. Yavah Yahweh The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up by his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Authentic, straightforward, and uncompromising. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others.
We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Next time on Discovering the Jewish Jesus, strengthen your thought life as Rabbi encourages us to see our trials through God's eyes and stay grounded in the supernatural.